Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I can see that some of the things I was going to get into today have to be held for tomorrow, Bob, maybe including the Super 6 conversation and this issue with no labels that was going to consider maybe Joe Manchin running for a third-party ticket. But uh, we spent so much time today talking about the Bob, Bob Huggins story, and well, we should, and so many texts are coming in on the Frio Stack Office Service text line at 304-214-1600 that uh, I'm going to hold some of this stuff off for tomorrow. 68 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 67 at the Highland, 67 in Elm Grove, and 66 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Yeah, the sunshine should be fading away pretty soon this morning, then a cloudy day today, some rumbles of thunder this evening, highs in the mid-80s. The entire week is going to be warm but cloudy and wet, and uh, particularly come the weekend, it'll be particularly wet over the weekend. I get a great kick out of, you know, watching the movies about nuclear disasters. Not that I enjoy them. You know, I don't mean I get a kick out of it that way. I mean, they're fascinating stories. Remember the day after there was a big popular movie and not, you know, 10, 15 years ago, what happens if the bombs are all dropped? Um, and, of course, we all remember the asteroids came down and the dinosaurs said, what is that? Oh, we're done. But think about this. What happens if... Something occurs and we are all gone. The people are no more here. There is no humanity on this third planet from the sun. What would the earth be like? Now, it's not something you think about in a daily life, but I came across an article this weekend on the Conversation, which is a website that I frequently look at and a magazine I tend to like. If humans went extinct, what would the earth look like one year later? Carlton Basmangian is with us this morning. He is a, um, a professor at Iowa State University, and uh, we are going to talk about that. Good morning, sir. Welcome to the show. Good morning. I'm glad to be here. So what in the world got you thinking about what happens to the earth? I mean, are you like a doomsday guy? You just don't like the thought of people? <laughs> no, <maybe? laughs> no, no, I'm not, actually. Um, it was actually a request from the conversation folks themselves. Uh, they run a little series called Curious Kids, where they take questions from children, 8, 9, 10, 12-year-old kids, and then they pose them back to academics like me to answer. And so I got a request, actually, from an editor at the conversation with this question. I think an 11-year-old or so maybe had written in and asked us. And so he contacted through several different pathways. He ended up with me, and we talked, and I said, sure, I'd be happy to write it. And so that's how I actually came to it. So what you're telling me, sir, is that uh, we, really our minds here are childish. The fact that I thought <laughs> that we, we, are, we are thinking like children. We are questioning like children. Like, which, by the well, way, I don't think is a bad thing, come to think of it. But uh, so, No, they ask great questions. Um, yeah, it's actually funny because I asked that very thing to him. And he said, well, you know, it's weird is that the, the readership of these columns for kids is actually more adults than kids. But you know, the kids ask the question. So there we go. I have an eight-year-old grandson, and I am fascinated by and sometimes disturbed by and often um, can't answer his questions. You know, granddad, yes. 
Why does blah, 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 or granddad, what? And it's like, okay, let me take a stab at this, daddy. <laughs> you know? Right. But kids, kids, their minds, their minds just go all over the place. So it's, but it's an interesting question though, professor. So, because we, the people, we dominate this planet. I mean, we have our houses and our skyscrapers and our roads and our buildings, not to mention us. I mean, this is, the earth is a people planet now. So what, what yeah. would happen if somehow we were all gone? Let's assume it's the asteroid or a natural nuclear disaster or something, and, and uh, soon we're all gone from this orb. What does the yeah. what happens to the Earth? Well, a, it was, I mean, this, was, I had, this is not a question I had really thought about before I was asked. Um, and, you know, interestingly, I did a little research kind of reading before I started to, to put this piece together. This is been talked about, surprise, surprise, for a long time. Um, there's novels, like novelized versions of this, at least from the 1940s, where people sort of imagined a kind of, quote-unquote, raptured event where everybody just suddenly <laughs> right, disappeared. Right. So the issue is complicated. And I, the way I wrote this was with the target audience in mind, so it's a little more optimistic than perhaps some scenarios. I think, um, you know, my approach was sort of saying, well, for the first year, assuming everybody just disappeared and everything stopped, the Earth would just kind of sit, right? It would be really quiet at first. It would stay quiet, but nothing would change radically immediately. This was my kind of initial approach, and I said, you know, the, the story then is over time, what would happen? Your houses would degrade. But Eventually the roads would crack if, if we, But Fred, let's like stop that. and focus on that for a minute, because that was one of the things that really it made me, when I read the piece, like, wow. If we weren't here, how quiet the place would be. Yeah, I think it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting thought, and I, you know, you can experience this kind of if you're in the remotest some of the remotest places in the world, you can still feel that silence, but it's tricky because we are every not just everywhere we're noisy. I mean, and everything we do makes noise, yeah. and so that was kind of. It took me. I, it took me a couple of versions of this this piece before I came to that as the first thought. I was like, "Wait a second! It would just be totally quiet. Like there would be no sound." And so, except the birds, right? You'd hear birds, and I'm hearing them outside my window. You'd hear birds and the wind, and that would be that would be it. You know, we tend to think of the noise in our society. You know, we were there's construction going on out right in front of our building. The construction noises and and airplanes flying overhead and so on. But as things would get to be silent, more silent, I mean, even foot, there'd be no footsteps. You wouldn't hear anybody right. crunching on the leaves. You wouldn't hear, I mean, there'd be nothing. Nothing, and not even the, you know, there's that low-level hum yeah. that the electricity network makes constantly. Like everything in our world hums. We don't realize the hum is there because we're so sort of inoculated to it at this point. But that would disappear. So the silence would be different, like deeper and more. I mean, maybe you would suddenly, if you were the one person left, you would actually hear the things in the background that you don't hear normally would sleep out. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's other noise that nature makes that we're not hearing because we're, we're, we've got the home going on all the time. At least we, this is a this is a one way to look at it. We we talk a lot, especially here in this upper Ohio Valley over the years, we talk a lot about air pollution and 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 mm. you know how the skies can get uh, smog in in you know, out, out west and all the acid rain and all those kinds of things. 
if we weren't around, the weather itself would change, right? The skies yeah. themselves would change. They'd be a different color. <laughs> I mean, they'd still be blue, but probably a blue that we haven't seen in a long time. I mean, you know, it's interesting during the pan, like the depths of the pandemic, when the world was kind of yeah. halted for a moment. There were reports in some of the dirtiest cities in the world, yep. I mean, Delhi comes to mind, in India, where the air was suddenly blue. The sky was blue again, right? And people hadn't seen a blue sky in a number of years because of the pollution. And I think there's probably a depth of blue that we don't even see, even in relatively clear air days in the U.S. I mean, right now with the Canadian wildfires, it hasn't been clear much in the east. But there's a depth there of blue, I think, that exists that we just don't, we don't pick up. Now, we're just not used to seeing it. So, I, yeah, the, the brightness of the colors would change. Now, if I was able to time travel, so now we the people are all gone. The people of the earth are gone, and it's just the things that are left behind. But if I could time travel and uh, go into this area, you know, could I go to my house? My house would still stand, be standing, right? I mean, I could go and visit my house. My things would still be in there, right? Yeah, they all sit there. I mean, eventually they would go away, but right, where's not, nothing is going to move eventually. Like that's that would be the I think the the first the first year would be just stillness, right? Yep. Your 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 existence would look pretty much. It would start to get musty and dusty. It would smell moldy. You know, your house is closed up. The dust would settle out of the air because there'd be no circulated systems keeping it afloat. But yeah, I think it would probably look a lot like you left it, just a little bit dirtier. <laughs> Grass would keep on growing until it got, I don't know what, as tall as a forest, or would it collapse on itself? Well, the, a lot of the grass species in front yards, if you think of the U.S. specifically, they would grow, you know, that grass will get, I don't know, 12, 14, 18 inches high until it starts to flop over. So it would, it would look like, uh, you know, unmown sort of laying over on its side. It's not that grass isn't strong enough to stand up. And there'd be a lot of weeds, plants. You know, as trees drop seeds, those would grow in ways that we now eliminate them. We cut them down. We pull them out. Other weeds would outcompete. The I mean, because, you know, the, the grass here, you have to really keep after it to, to maintain it, right? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't stand much of a chance on its own. Um, so, yeah, I mean, eventually it would be overtaken by something else that could outcompete it for air and water resources in the soil. Now, so in the scenario that we've created here for our conversation, we the people are gone. Uh, Bob Slider and Howard Monroe and Garrett, our intern here, we're no longer around. Nobody's outside wandering the streets of Wheeling anymore. We're, there's no human being there. But conceivably other creatures and critters might still be living, right? You mentioned birds, for yep. example. Birds, of course, would be, I mean, probably delighted not to have us here. Um, they would multiply. Yeah. And, you know, smaller creatures would come back, like some of the more urban and human-adapted creatures would have sort of a field day for a little while until bigger predators. I mean, you know, that, that would be the big story at some level. Uh, or one of the potential big stories would be the return of predators, right, of more apex predators, which, again, in most of North America, we're not used to seeing panthers and bears, uh, but of course those animals, and wolves, those animals were virtually everywhere on the continent and before, you know, before the continent was flattened. And so, in a sense, they would come back. It's unclear how long it would take, right? It would probably take a number of years, but eventually they would wander back and reclaim these places. 
And so the little creatures would have to go back into hiding to some degree because they would become prey again. We have built up a lot of infrastructure in our country. I mentioned earlier bridges and, and uh, interstate highways and, and all that sort of stuff. Again, those things would stay for a while, I guess, but they would eventually crumble too? Eventually. Yeah, that, that was one of the more interesting parts of this for me as a thought experiment was what would happen to, like, the interstate highway system, you know, this 45, 47,000-mile concrete edifice. And the concrete on the interstate is thick. And the bridges that we built, like these huge monstrosities that are so over-engineered, how, would, how long would they survive? And that's, I mean, I think those would become ruins, actually. I mean, if we're going to talk about the ruins of a civilization, uh, it, this civilization particularly, I would, I would put my money on the road system especially the big ones, as being the pieces that would stand the longest. Like when the forest grows, you might see <laughs> the towers of old interstate bridges sticking up through the trees as some sort of you know, beacon for a lost civilization. I mean, it would certainly last longer than most of our structures. I'm, the, the image I'm getting is, is one of those from an apocalyptic movie, maybe Planet of the Apes or, or uh, some of the <laughs> other apocalyptic movies where you, know, you, you look out across the landscape and you see the the remnants, the crumbling remnants of, of society. So that's, yeah. that's the image, at least, I'm, I'm getting in my mind. But eventually, yeah. now, th- what we're talking about here is kind of a short term, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a few years down the road. Eventually, if we go down, I don't know what, 200, 300, 500 years from now, the, the world would be completely different. It wouldn't just be leftover. It wouldn't just no. be a crumbling civilization. Things would be completely different, right? Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the land would read you know, essentially uh, renew itself, right? And, and, and the question is, and this is the unknown, is after all these years of manipulation, right, of changing the landscape, changing the way water flows, changing the flora and fauna of yes. these ecosystems, what? how long would it actually take them to restore, and how would they look different, right? Because they're not going to restore themselves to exactly the way they were before people. They're going to be different because we've been we, – we've, We've done so much in terms of spreading species around that didn't that wouldn't have been spread otherwise. So it would repay, renew itself in some ways. But my sense is that the you know if you think country by country again, focusing on the U.S. for this piece, it's probably going to look different. It's not going to look like the prairies looked uh, a thousand years ago yeah. it, or five thousand years ago. It's going to look different with different species, but it will be absent of a lot of the infrastructure. By that point, virtually everything would have rotted or burned down, you know, from the lightning strikes and whatnot. All of that would be gone. Except, again, I mean, I think some of the road structures, some of the big concrete edifices, would, the infrastructure systems would survive, uh, at least pieces of them. Not, of course, the whole system, but pieces of them. So, yeah, it would be a green, a very different green place. One of our text line off the Freostack Ox Service text line uh, nuclear mushrooms. There will be great big mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a darker read to this story, which is that all of these, you know, nuclear power plants, coal, natural gas power plants, the chemical factories, all of the stuff that is running right now in the background mm-hmm. without management would, you know, find themselves. Like, would explode, right? They would melt down, they would create fires, toxic plumes would be spread out over the earth. And there is that read. And I don't know how much more accurate that is than any other read on this. 
But you could sort of argue that if that did happen, uh, you could imagine a scenario where a huge chunk of the Earth would burn first before it was would start to renew itself. I mean, you can imagine, like, if people are just suddenly disappeared, there's, right now there's 15,000 planes in the air mm-hmm. around the world. What would happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> How many of those would crash with fuel on board and start fires? I don't know. That's a good question, right? And so these are the kind of unknown pieces of this that are very speculative that are fun to think about. We have, uh, that, but that's not the way I went with this. Again, the target audience, I'm like, well, that's, that's, that's a, a little really bit too much. Doomsday <laughs> kind of scenario that maybe doesn't. We, we doesn't have really seen though. In, we have seen in the not far distant past some examples of mm-hmm. small examples of what things would be like if we, the people, maybe acted differently. Uh, you mentioned planes, for example. One of the things on 9-11, I remember, was standing outside the radio station, looking up in the sky and thinking to myself, my God, nothing is up there. Nobody's flying. Yeah. So the plane, you know, yeah. I mean, that's a small example, but that, that was it. And, of course, the pandemic, as you pointed out, there has been some research done. The pandemic quieted everything down a lot, and yeah. that there, there have been ramifications of that. Now we're gearing back up again, and maybe they go away, but... If we take a look at some of the things that happened during the pandemic, as, as we, the people, stopped running around so much, stopped going out so much, uh, the earth began to adapt a little bit differently. So we've had, we've had some tiny examples of that just here in our recent lifetime. Sure, sure. I mean, one that's often brought up and was written about a number of years ago uh, kind of extensively was Chernobyl and the sort of aftermath of what yeah. happened to the Chernobyl site once people were gone which is after the disaster and everybody left, um, it regrew, right? It's essentially a forest now. And so the, the, the soil is still toxic, and there's still a lot of toxicity in the plant. But it did, I mean, you know, quote-unquote nature began to repair itself. So there are, I mean, there are places you can go and look and see, okay, if we just disappeared from this little, say, five-square-mile space, what would happen? And just left it alone, and nobody went there. This is what it would look like, Potent, you know, one version of what it would look like. So absolutely. I mean, I think these scenarios are kind of – at a micro scale, they do play out. It's just at, – at the global scale, that's where it gets complicated because these ecosystems interact in ways that we don't still don't completely understand. And how that would actually sort of play out would be the sort of the big interesting question if you were able to watch from afar. So, Professor, is there is there a le- so this has been really fun speculative conversation, and your article in the conversation, I encourage people to read it. It's under the curious kids category, but I, I found it really really intriguing. Are there lessons that we should learn from this intellectual exercise mm-hmm. about how we're living yeah. today? It's a good question. I mean, I think obviously one of the big ones is maintenance. Um, the world doesn't really maintain itself without humans especially now without humans actively maintaining it. I think you could draw, I mean, especially at this moment in time, you could draw some ecological and climate-based lessons from this too, right? What, um, you know, a vision like that sort of helps us imagine how we might bend toward a new future where there is less pollution and perhaps less noise and less, um, I don't know, less busyness where the world would, we could live in the world a little more quietly, um, and not that we have to go the full, or that we should go the full route of people, but the point is that 
I, there, there's a happy medium somewhere. I think this is kind of an extreme vision of what the world would do to repair itself, perhaps. Maybe there's a midpoint here where we just pull back a little bit with what we do to allow the world some room. And I say the world, the world without us in a sense, which is uh, you know, the way it's been phrased before, but allow the world to kind of to, to, to regrow itself just a little bit with us in the midst of it, maybe being a little softer with our footsteps. You know, it, it, maybe it makes us stop and, and be, be more cognizant of how things, of how what we do, what we build, how we act, does impact this planet. I mean, I now I'm sound like a touchy-feely liberal environmentalist. Oh, wait, I am one. But, I mean, <laughs> um, it, it, it is something for us to think about. You know, think about yeah. it, how all of these things, how, what we're doing is impact. I'm not saying let's, I, I, I don't say go back to the Stone Age or anything. I'm just saying stop and, stop and think about this. Of course, I have to let you go here quickly, but... Here's the thing we got to be careful of. We could be gone, but apparently AI could live on. <laughs> this is the this is the, the new the new read. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Right? we might well be gone, and AI lives on. You may have to we'll you may have to reconfigure this article. Think about that. How does AI figure into? We'll all be gone, but all these things will stay. The AI will yeah. keep the keep the infrastructure up and keep the computers right. I don't know. Right? No. I'm, I'm the just, robots will live on. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, I really enjoyed this conversation. I, I thought it was a really fascinating thing to think about. Sometimes we just have to engage in intellectual exercises, and that's exactly what this is. And I really appreciate uh, the piece that you wrote and the time you've given for